Welcome back to season two of Mindful Habits. I'm your host, Ron Verigan, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the habit loop. So let's begin by taking a mindfulness moment. I'd like to invite you to take a few deep breaths. Let's begin by calming the mind, by shifting your attention from whatever you were doing prior to death, this. Give yourself that gift of this moment of calm and become fully present. Let's move into the body, relax your shoulders, unclench your jaw, really notice your breathing. Following it in and out. And do whatever you can to that release, whatever stress that you might be holding. And then tune into your heart and take a moment to be grateful during these challenging times and become fully present. So welcome back. Uh, in this episode of the Mindful Habits podcast, we're going to be sharing the habit loop. Basically, it's the structure of a habit. Just a couple of housekeeping things though before we begin. Um, the habit app, so there's just been an app that I've been working on, is now available in open beta. Uh, you, can f- uh, you can find it on the web. You can access it via iOS or even Android. Um, I have some really exciting things planned, including leaderboards and journeys. and uh, So there's some exciting things kind of going on. If you want to join me on this journey, you can head over to thehabitlab.co, that's T-H-E-H-A-B-I-T-L-A-B dot C-O, not not .com, dot C-O, so thehabitlab.co, and you can sign up and get the app. Uh, Another piece, I also have some one-on-one coaching uh, openings, so if you've been struggling with implementing habits in the past and want to learn how to design your own personal habit plan, head over head over to my website. And so this is verigan.com. It's basically my last name, V-E-R-E-G-G-E-N.com. And there's a book a call button in the upper right-hand corner. You can use that and we'll get you started. So let's talk about the habit loop. The one I like to use, there's some really fantastic books on on habits. Uh, James Clear, Atomic Habits, is probably one of the the better better of them, but there's there's some pieces here from all of them. But um, uh, he just has a certain way of describing the habit loop. So we're going to be going through his model. And basically, it um, basically has four key components. There's the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. Let's, Let's look at each one. So the cue. So this is what you, I guess, what you normally associate with the trigger or prompt that starts the habit rolling. It's a bit of information that predicts a reward. So basically, our brain is continuously analyzing our internal and external, external environment for hints of where rewards are located. And uh, our, our brains are, are literally pattern identification, execution, and creation machines. So, so it's basically on the lookout uh, constantly looking for potential rewards. And when your brain notices a potential reward, the cue, a habit is triggered. 
Uh, then we move into the craving. So once we got the cue, it actually tr kind of triggers this craving. And craving is really the, it's kind of that emotional state that locks in the behavior. Um, they're the motivational before behind every habit. So uh, what you crave is not the habit. Uh, so it's not the habit itself. So it's not the behavior. It's the change in state that it delivers. And that's a kind of a key distinction. It's not like these things, things are automatically having. They're, they're, they're putting you into emotional states, either resourceful states or not so resourceful states. But they, they put you into this state so that satisfied at the underlying pieces of this reward. So for example, smokers, they don't crave cigarettes. They crave the feeling of relief it provides, right? You, uh, you don't just want to turn on the television. You want to be entertained, right? So there's this state of being entertained. Uh, you don't want to spend hours on Facebook, but what you do want is to feel connection. So you can see there's, there's this emotional state in behind a habit, and that's what's called the craving. So cues are meaningless without create, uh, you know, craving. So, so, so uh, every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. Now, so we've got the cue, we've had the craving, now there's the response. So the response is the actual pattern, right? Or habit that is executed in response to the trigger. So responses can take the form of thoughts, actions, and emotions. Uh, the strongest habits have a combination of all three. That's what I was talking about. They put you into this state of thinking, of doing, of behavior, and emotions, feeling. Um, they kind of lock in all three. So you'll respond to a trigger when you have the right level of motivation and it's within your current level of ability. So all recall habits require some sort of physical or mental effort, right? So your motivation level needs to be higher than the resistance of doing nothing or changing direction of building momentum. The habit also needs to be within your ability to perform. As you repeat a habit again and again, it becomes easier to do. Your, basically your ability becomes, becomes higher and that's really where it starts becoming automatic. So if a particular action requires more physical or mental effort than you're willing to expand, then you won't do it, right? So this is why, you know, say so you're sitting on the couch and you're, you're watching TV and you feel, oh, I got to go work out. Well, you know, if you're, that's, that takes some physical and mental effort. Um, if you're not willing to expend it, then you're not going to do it. Uh, and then the last piece, so we've talked about cue, uh, the craving, the reward, sorry, the cue, the craving, the response, and now we're into the reward. Rewards are the end goal of you know every habit. So it's kind of the end game, right? So rewards serve two purposes. First, they satisfy the craving, right? So they deliver the contentment and relief from the craving. So with the trigger, the craving happened. Oh, so it has to close the loop. So you're basically your 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 unconscious is is um, um, in execution mode, wanting to close the loop. Second, rewards they teach us. So we learn which actions are worth remembering in the future. So if we close, if we do the, if we do the behavior, so the trigger happens, we get the craving, we do the pattern, have the reward, the brain learns which rewards satisfy what cravings, right? So the brain will only adopt new habits that satisfy your craving. So if there's no, if there's no, um, if there's no craving, you don't, it won't lock it in. If there's no reward, it also won't lock it in, right? So there's, there, these two things need to be in place for, for a habit to be wired in. So kind of think of it this way. So the cue triggers a craving, right? Which motivates a response. 
which provides a reward, which satisfies the craving, and it becomes associated with the cue, right? So here's some examples. So you walk into a dark room. You wanna be able to see, so you flip on the light switch, right? You satisfy your craving to see, and then turning on the light switch becomes associated with being in a dark room, right? So you're in a dark room, I gotta turn on the light. The, the light. It's, these things happen automatically. It's a, it's a wired behavior. Um, another one is your phone vibrates with a text message, right? You wanna learn the contents of the message. You grab your phone and read the text. You satisfy your craving to read the message, and you're grabbing your phone becomes associated with the phone buzzer, right? So it's, and these behaviors can become automatic. So you hit a roadblock on a project. You feel stuck and you want to relieve your stress, right? So you're working on this project and you hit a roadblock and you're kind of frustrated. You, you, you have this feeling of stress. And so you, there's this trigger of stress. The craving kind of locks in and says, you know what? I, need, I want to relieve that stress. So you grab a bag of chips. This is my, one of my, one of my uh, uh, cravings. I you know, create this fill a bowl of chips. Eating the chips becomes associated with feeling stress. Right, so the, the, you can see how sometimes the cues, what originally wires the habit, no longer has to be there for the habit to kind of keep running. It's really, really fascinating when you start taking a look at this. So how do you use this? Well, to change a habit, um, you can kind of look, some simple ways to do it is remove the trigger, right? So you have this cue, you remove the trigger. So if, you know, one way that I could stop my, my chip eating habit is just don't buy them. So they're not in the store, right? Um, uh, the other piece is you reduce the craving. So, you know, maybe I introduce, you know, switch it out for, for grapes or something along those lines. So I, so I won't be motivated to act. Or maybe make the behavior difficult so I won't be able to do it. Well, so if I, you know, if they're not in the house, if I really want to have a bag of chips, well, it means I got to get in the car, I got to drive to the store, I got to buy a bag of chips. I'm making a, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a time, there's, it's making it harder to, to do. So I'm not going to do it. I won't be motivated in that aspect. And then from reward, if the reward fails to satisfy your desire, you have no reason to do it again in the future, right? So if I look for another way to, to deal with stress, so maybe it's the med my meditation or other pieces, uh, I can actually start unlocking, um, uh, changing a habit. And this also works with establishing new habits. So, um, you can, uh, you need to kind of, you know, identify a trigger, a trigger, a, 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 an implementation intention. You decide, you decide the night before that you're going to do a very particular, um, a particular habit. You make it very attractive. So it becomes a craving, right? So you start craving the, the, um, so let's say it's a workout where you started craving the, um, the feeling you get, the buzz you get from actually exercising. You make it super easy. So this is the idea of tiny habits and, and uh, uh, making them super small. Uh, we'll, we'll cover that off in some of the future episodes. And then at the end, you celebrate. You kind of wire in the new habit. You go, yes, I kind of did this. Um, and that's kind of the key. That the, the celebration piece is, is really, really powerful to, uh, to, to not only to, to put in new habits, but also to uh, change, uh, change behaviors that you, that, that you may want to change your homework. Um, I want you to pay attention to the structure of your habits. So what are your triggers, right? What's happening in the environment? Um, what are the cravings or those emotional states behind the habits, right? So there's, a, there's this craving that's happening. It's putting you in a state. Is it putting you in a resourceful state? Is it putting you in a not, not so resourceful state? 
peel off the layers of what's the hidden rewards and behind your habits because the behaviors that you're doing now may no longer be the original thing that wired in the habit. So start paying attention to those, those, those details. If you have any questions and that you want me to have, you know, answer about this particular show, you have a question about triggers or, or um, any of the structure that we just talked about, this habit loop, or cover off in future episodes, I'll put a link in the show notes that you can uh, use to submit your questions. I'll also put a link in the show notes where you can join the beta of the Habit app. And I want to personally thank you for joining in. I wish you well on your mindful habits journey. Until next time.